consolation. One who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. One who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. Are you tracking with me, church? Verse 6, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? And here we are, verse 7, Yet even lifeless things, look at Paul, he says, Either flute or harp and producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on that flute or on that harp? For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also you. Listen, church, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. Verse 10, there are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. So also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts. Aren't you zealous, church, for spiritual gifts? We eagerly seek them. Seek to abound, what? For the edification of the church. Therefore, let the one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Isn't that good? Let the one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind's unfruitful. So what's the outcome then? Here he goes. He says, I will pray with a spirit and I will pray with my mind also. I'm going to sing with a spirit and I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at the giving of thanks? Since he does not know what you are saying. Verse 17, for you are giving thanks well enough, but that other person, they are not edified. I thank God, Paul writes, I speak in tongues more than all of you. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Don't you just love Paul? Paul is amazing. I love, we're reading, uh, anyone know what book we're reading right now in our daily reading plan? Philippians. Yeah, what chapter were we on this morning? That's right, Philippians 3. It's so good. But don't you just love Paul? Paul, he, he, he has this incredible ability, even in, in this letter, these chapters, they're just full. He's able to communicate just God's passion, God's heart for his people, God's love for his church. He wants the church to be encouraged. He wants the church to be strengthened. He wants us, when we gather, to be edified. Now, I want to talk about tongues. Yes, it's true. I get it. We talk more about tongues than probably just about any other church. But you know why? Because I feel like growing up, I never heard about it. Anybody else grow up, like you didn't even know it was a thing. And yet, I mean, especially from the pulpit, you, it just was like we were silent about it. And yet, it is such a normal part, vital part, important part of being a Christian. So I'm excited to talk about it. Before we get too deep into tongues specifically, I want to take a step back and I want to ask this question. I want you to think about this. Why is Paul, because again, if you've been here for the last six weeks, we know we've been walking through chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. Why is Paul now in 14, 7 through 19, even talking about tongues in this passage? 
And that is such an important question. Because again, chapter 12. Chapter 12 was all about those spiritual gifts, or the spirituals, the grace gifts, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that are distributed when we gather. Remember that? Distributed to each one. Chapter 13, Pastor Mary did a great job talking about love, that we, we operate and we work in these spirituals and in these grace gifts uh, with love. And if you don't have love, well, guess what? All of your working, all of the things you're doing, it counts as nothing. But then here we are uh, in 14. I believe Paul's passion, God's passion uh, for everything to be done in love carries right into this passage. That everything would be done in love. You see it right here in the passage for today. Because Paul wants the Corinthians, I believe the Lord would want us today to truly allow God's love to guide us in how you and I operate in these spirituals, how you and I operate in these grace gifts, but specifically in this area of speaking in tongues. Now, when you read 1 Corinthians, it becomes apparent that like everybody's speaking in tongues. It seems like, like it's happening. Like they're speaking loudly. They're all speaking at once. Uh, uh, they're speaking for a long amount of time. And the result, you could say, is kind of a chaos, a, a disorder. And so Paul has to come in as the apostle and, and kind of with a pastor's heart. He has to come in and he has to teach them how to properly conduct a church service. Think of it this way. He's really trying to get them to stop being so selfish where they're using this gift and they've kind of been focused on themselves he's like well hold up hold up i want you to focus on each other right loving each other encouraging each other edifying building up strengthening each other where you're not just focused on yourself but you're concerned for the common good and by the way, we all get caught up in that, right? Have you ever done that? I mean, I'll have whole seasons where I thought the whole church revolved around me. Like, we've all been there where we get self-consumed, self-absorbed with the church. We can all go inward. And yet, God, God, through Paul, is just letting us know, no, this is about others, how to love others, specifically in this area of prophecy. And then I'd also say tongues. And we also said in verse 5, uh, we covered it last week, I, I read it again today, he already said this, that, the, that he wants everyone to speak in tongues. So just figure that one out. Paul, he's not against tongues. Paul is all for tongues. But he does say this. He, he says that in a church, he wants there to be a restraining of speaking in tongues because it's a gift that does not edify others. But he says, unless it's what? It's translated, right, into their own language. And then he says, in that case, speaking in tongues is just as edifying as prophecy. Again, Paul's heart. I want you guys to feel this today. And I hope you guys are awake today. Take notes if you can. Engage as much as you can. Uh, You can even say amen. But again, Paul's heart, his passion for the church is that you and I, you and I, right now, right here, that we love one another, that we do anything, that we say anything in love, including in this gift of tongues. So we're going to put verses 14, 14 through 17 up there if we can. And I I want to specifically look at these verses, 14, 15, 16, 17. So he he says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? Again, for you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is what? They're not edified. 
Right? How can an outsider who's just shown up, who has no idea what you're saying or know what's going on, say amen? Right? Your blessing, it might be beautiful. Your blessing, it might be powerful. But you have effectively cut that person out of it all. Right? And he's saying, hey, church, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, keep those verses up there, actually, because I like these verses. I, I think they give you a window. I think they give you a glimpse into what speaking in tongues is all about. And that's important. Don't you want to know what tongues is all about? Anybody else? Again, like, where were the pastors teaching on this? Like, come on, I want to know. What's the deal? So we learn in these verses that when a person's speaking in tongues, they are either praying or they're praising. They're giving thanks by the Spirit. Praying, praising, giving thanks. So when we gather, again, the Spirit distributes these gifts. We have this confidence, right? The Spirit falls. He, he distributes these gifts to each one. The Spirit is stirring us up, giving to each one. Uh, uh, may, maybe someone, he gives a tongue and then to another. Or maybe even that same person, he gives the interpretation. And again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So what? So that we can pray, so that we can praise, so that we can give thanks to God. Well, that brings up a question, at least for me. Why? I think this is a good question. Why would we need the Holy Spirit to help us pray or help us praise or help us give thanks? And why would the Holy Spirit have us do it in a foreign language that our mind doesn't even understand? Uh, In Pastor Steve Shell's book uh, that we've been following the last weeks, he talks about this. And he goes to two different scriptures, and we're going to cover these scriptures today. We're going to look at Romans 8 and Exodus 2. Scripture in these two passages really helps us out in this, in, in, with this question. Now, Romans 8, that's like one of the real favorite chapters of the Bible for many of us, right? You either got like the Ephesians 2 people or Ephesians 4, Philippians 2. Like we just read it yesterday. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is so good. And then Romans 12, another one of my favorites. But then a lot of us, if you were to ask like, what's your favorite chapter in the Bible? You'd say Romans 8, right? Romans 8. Paul uses this word in, in Romans 8. He uses this word groan. Groan. It's the exact same word that Moses uses to describe Israel's just flat out misery in Egypt, right? Remember the people of God, they were slaves in Egypt. And in the second chapter of Exodus, listen to what happens. You can go turn there if you have your Bibles. Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. It says the sons of Israel, they sighed, right? They, they groaned because of the bondage and they cried out. Their cry for help because of bondage, it rose to God. So God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, everybody knows what a groan is, right? That's if, if you're older than 35 in the room and you've ever tried to sit down in a chair, that's a groan. And it's so funny because we had a pre-service meeting and I tried to sit down here and I let out the biggest groan. It was like so embarrassing. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a groan. And also when you get back up, that's a groan. So we, we know what a groan is, right? It's this wordless sound it comes out when you're suffering, right? It comes out when you're in pain. You see this in the Bible. The Bible describes it in many different ways. There's the groan during childbirth. There's the groan when, when you're grieving a loss of a loved one. It's the groan of physical pain, whether you're facing judgment or you're feeling sorrow for your sins. There's a groan. And, and groan is so powerful because just think of it. Again, even though there are no words, it's a wordless sound. But the sound itself is so jam-packed full of meaning. Pretty amazing, huh? 
mean, there's no English words going on there, and yet we know there's meaning behind it. And I've been around a few people lately who have been groaning without words, and yet they're just full of meaning. It's the anguish of the heart. It's longing for relief. It's the desperate cry for salvation, the desperate cry for deliverance and rescue from horrible, awful situations. And we're told that Moses, he says that God heard the groaning of Israel and he answered their cry for help. So Paul, when he applies the same word in Romans chapter 8, I think in many ways, Romans chapter 8, it is reminding us that just like Israel, when they were slaves in Egypt and, and they're groaning and they're waiting for deliverance, come on church, we as believers, we understand in much the same way, we are not in the promised land. I don't have to convince you of that today. I mean, life with Jesus is amazing. I'm happy in Jesus. I, I, I love Jesus. He set me free. I'm born again. I'm made new. I'm walking out eternal life right here, right now. Praise the Lord. But come on, there is also a groan to life. A part of our life, there's a groan. We're still surrounded. We're in the midst of a suffering creation. There's a part of us we're longing to be free from temptation. There's a part of us we, we want to be free from weakness. We want to be free from illness, free from sickness, and we groan. But it's right there. Right there in our groaning when we need the Holy Spirit to come. We need Him. We desperately need Him to meet with us, to abide with us, and to what? To help us pray. To help us pray. Romans 8, 26, 27. You've heard it before, right? In the same way the Spirit, what? He helps us helps us, helps us in our weakness, helps our weakness, where we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself, He intercedes for us with what? Groaning too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints. He intercedes for you and I, praise the Lord, according to God. So listen up. I hope we have ears to hear today. Listen up, church. When you're weak, and there's going to be times when you're going to feel weak, you might be weak, but you're not helpless. You might be weak, but you're not helpless. The Spirit, He's coming to help you. He is there to help you. In fact, He lives inside. He's going to be there to help you in your weakness. Do not be afraid of your weakness. The Lord is there to help you. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know how to pray, guess what? Paul says the Holy Spirit, He's there, and He's been given to you. What? To help you pray. He literally prays for you when you're groaning. He joins you. Church, this is so important. Whatever you're facing, if you have more questions than answers, whatever's going on in your life, the Holy Spirit right now is praying the will of God over your life. Amen? Amen. And, and I know that the Romans passage isn't specifically talking about speaking in tongues. But I think it's important for us to hear this. I hope it's an encouragement to you with everything going on in our lives, with everything going on in your friends' lives, in your family lives, in your life. I want you to be encouraged. The Holy Spirit, He has been sent to help you pray, to help you write. You just need to write that one down. Holy Spirit has been sent to help me pray. And today's scripture from 1 Corinthians 14, we're told that speaking in tongues, it's Holy Spirit-empowered, Holy Spirit-guided prayer. 
It's Holy Spirit guided, Holy Spirit empowered praise and thanks. And so uh, there's a connection, right? When Paul says that the Spirit and what the Spirit does in Romans 8, I believe it's part of what he's saying that the Spirit does in 1 Corinthians 14. And the one who groans on our behalf in Romans 8, he's the same God who gives us the Spirit and speaks to our spirits and gives us, the, our spirits, the right words to speak in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So here's the deal. Church, I say all of that just to say this. Don't be afraid of tongues. It's not the boogeyman of the Trinity. Right? Holy Spirit. He's a good guy. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit. Not just Holy Spirit. When, when you became a Christian, when you said yes to Jesus, guess who took residence inside of you? Holy Spirit. He's inside of you already. You might as well give him permission to move. Right? Don't be afraid of God. You're born again, regenerated, made new by the Holy Spirit of God. Don't be afraid of Him. Welcome Him. Don't be afraid of Him. Just receive Him. Some of you, He's been on the couch of your living room of your heart for a long time. It's, you know, just stop it. Stop it. Don't, stop having Him hang out on the couch. Don't say, no, get off the couch. I want you to be the king of my heart. Holy Spirit, moving us today. Don't be afraid of the Spirit. Don't be afraid of tongues. Don't be afraid. It's an encouraging gift. I want you to hear that today. I'm so done with all the theological debates about tongues. It's an encouraging gift. It's a comforting gift. It's such an important gift. You and I, we need this gift. It was always meant to be a lifeline. It was always meant to be a resource, a help for you in your time of need. It's the prayer and the praise that the Father is waiting for us to say. So in this setting, in church, when gathered when believers gather, and wherever that is, if it's here or outside in the parking lot, down by the river, wherever it is, just may we effectively, in our way, just use this gift in a loving way, in an encouraging way, in an edifying way, in a building up kind of way. Right? Just Can we just commit to that today, church? That we'd not be afraid of it, but we'd eagerly seek it. And not just for our own benefit, but what? For the good of the body. Now, I want to bring something up. Again, my mind's always going. I can't turn it off. I was up at like 2.30 this morning. I was just like, ding, here we go. But here's one of the things I always think about. It caught my attention. Biblically, track with me here. Biblically, when you look at tongues that are given when the church gathers, it looks like, again, in those scriptures that we just looked at, it looks like it's prayer to God, praise to God, giving thanks to God, and yet, in a lot of the Pentecostal circles I've been hanging out with, and I love the Pentecostal circles that I hang out with, but a lot of times when you hear someone give a word in the tongue, the interpretation, have you noticed, is a word from God. Has anyone noticed that? That happens a lot. What's going on? Do we need to be like heresy? No, no, no don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I, let, me, let me walk this through with us a little bit. If someone's speaking a word from God, what is that? That's prophecy. Right? Prophetic word. It's a message from God, from the heart of God for his people. It's a prophetic word. So in this case, that would be a prophetic word given in a tongue. It's a prophetic word given in a tongue from the heart of God, and then someone interprets that prophetic word into English. And those words, we've had some of those words in this church, and those are powerful, aren't they, church? Like half the time when that word's given, what do we do? We don't even know. We're so excited, we just start clapping. Have you ever clapped after? Oh, man, that was just so good. Praise the Lord Jesus. But, hey, as your pastor, can we grow in this? Can we grow in this? That if someone's, I just want to encourage this, life spring, let's be open. Like, let's be open to that word given in a tongue 
that is to God. Let's be open to that word of praise or that song of praise that's to God. Let's be open to that thanks that is to God. And then let's make room for the interpretation that speaks prayer, praise, or thanks to God. Can we be open to that? I think that'd be awesome. By the way, I'm still not convinced that Sunday morning is the best setting for all this. Like, man, we're trying to cram in a lot in one hour, even this morning. Like, I'm talking fast because we are doing a lot of things. I'm very impressed with our team, by the way. Bravo, everyone. But we got one hour. So I'm not even convinced. And even Paul says, hey, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind compared to what? He says like 10,000 words in a tongue. I'd rather have five words so my mind can be edified, right? That we could build each other up, instruct others. But then I think we also got to make room for it. We got to make room for it. If you know me at all, if you've ever sat down with coffee for me, what do I say? I say, I'm living in the tension of it all, right? I, I consciously, willingly choose to live in the tension of all where I'm trying to reach my culture. I'm trying to make, reach our culture in a way that makes sense to my culture. I don't want it to look like chaos. I don't want it to look like disorder, but also... I better be open to God. I better be faithful and be sensitive to the move of his Holy Spirit. And so here we are. That means at LifeSpring, and those of you who have been here for a while, you know how we do this, right? We do it in an orderly way. We're not a people of chaos. If there's a tongue, you'll see me come up or another one of our leaders come up, and we'll just kind of stand and wait for an interpretation. But more than that, I think we need to be open. And I was really getting excited about that this week. We need to be open to how this gets expressed in some of our smaller settings. Because remember, even the church in Corinth, like, they didn't have anything like this. Like, they didn't have church buildings. They were meeting in homes. They were meeting in houses. They were meeting down by the river. And I just think in these smaller gatherings, we need to process, what does this look like? What does this look like in your life group? What does this look like in our men's ministry? What does this look like in our women's ministry? What does this look like on Sunday night in our next level classes? If you're a leader of one of those groups, by the way, I want you thinking about this. Like, how can you facilitate this as a leader? How do we, LifeSpring Church, I'm talking to us. I'm not talking to some church down the road. To us, LifeSpring Foursquare. How do we make room for the Holy Spirit? Not just so that we can show off with some, like, pony trick. No, so that the Holy Spirit in our time of need can help us pray, can help us pray and help us give thanks to the uh, Heavenly Father in a way that edifies and encourages every person in the body of Christ. We need to figure this one out. Because God loves us and He's for us and He's resourced us with the power of His Holy Spirit not to shame us and condemn us but to help us through this life. So let's work on this life spring. The Spirit of God adores you. He loves you. And He wants to encourage you. And He wants to help you. Did anyone else notice that group of young adults that filled up like two rows last Sunday, right? What? Like, I was like, where and how and when and like, wow. Who are you? That's literally what I said. The service was over and I just went, I said, who are you? They were from a missionary college in Sacramento. (laughs) All of uh, Eastern European descent. And they had come because one of the girls uh, used to go to the church that used to be here, the Ukrainian Baptist. <laughs> and she showed up late. <laughs> so the rest of them came in, and then she showed up, and then they stayed. And wasn't that encouraging? Wasn't that encouraging? In the middle of service, as they interceded, did you see the way they prayed? In the middle of service, they were praying for Donna. They were praying for Ernie, they were praying for Alan. They, they just were just rising up and shouting and t- shouting to the Lord. 
At the end of service, I, I stood up on stage. I don't know if you remember. I watched the video because I was just moved by it. I was up here on stage. I'm just kind of doing this. And I see them, and I just said, God, thank you. I said, you sent them to intercede on our behalf. Thank you, Lord, for sending these mighty warriors, mighty sons and daughters of God who came in full of the Spirit to pray for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, oh, Christians are always wanting to get into these debates with me on tongues. And yet, I want you to hear this. I did not start speaking in tongues because somebody convinced me of the theological truths of tongues in some kind of debate. I began to speak in tongues because there were things I was going through as a young adult that were too heavy and too painful and too hard for my English words to try to navigate and untangle. I spoke in tongues because I was desperate for the Lord. You know my story. When you're in a gambling addiction as a college student, and you don't know how to get out, and you think your only escape is just going east and abandoning everything you've ever known, what English word or paragraph or sentence could ever describe what you're going through in that moment? You know when I speak in tongues, and Randy knows this, it's when I'm going to Ernie's house. It's when I'm going to Debbie Kuykendall's house. It's when I'm in the hospital room with Dorothy. God, you and you alone, I am running to you because you are eternal life. Jesus. Jesus. You know, and we just have messed this whole thing up in so many ways as the larger church. We, we just have. And I just want to say this. If you've never spoken in tongues and you're a believer in Jesus, I just say smile and relax and breathe. God loves you. He's for you. Relax in his presence. Just relax. Just grace upon grace upon grace. Grace. You guys know my wife's story. We've been married forever. She's been a Christian for decades. And it was just, what, two years ago that you started speaking in tongues? It wasn't like before that. I was like, well, if only my... No, she was an amazing, amazing, mighty woman of God before that day. But I want to encourage you, just keep pressing in. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep thanking the Lord. This is going to sound crazy to you, but I'd say give it a shot. Set a timer. Say, I'm just going to praise the Lord for the next hour. I have a hunch that if you, and out loud, by the way, out loud, not just in your mind, out loud, out loud, you start praising the Lord, you start singing to God, I think God's going to start stirring in your heart. And just let Him minister to you. Let Him minister to you, but then let Him minister through you. And just begin to praise God in a language that He would give to you. Again, people are always giving me like the five steps, the tongues, or if you do this and do that. I was like, what the heck? Oh, my God. And then repeat after me and shoot about a Honda and all that stuff. Like, what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> Just spend time with God. He's for you. He loves you. And he wants to research. He wants to help you. He wants to pray and intercede on your behalf. Let him help you. Who knows? Maybe one day we're going to be in a service or be in a small group. Maybe in our living room. And we'll be praying together, and you're going to be like, whoa, God 
is giving me a tongue. Or God is giving me the interpretation. And I hope in that moment you're faithful to give the tongue or faithful to interpret it. Praise the Lord. At this time, I want to invite Ryan back up. And we, we know that, again, many of you have had a difficult time lately. And it's not just one or two of us. I mean, wow. Wow. I had, in three days, I had three senior pastors of three different churches just fall apart in meetings, just crumbling in front of me. And more than anything, this, this series has been so powerful, but more than anything, has shown me how important it is for us to encourage one another. Church, we need to encourage one another. We, the world is good enough at tearing apart one another. We need to encourage and build up one another. Play our part in being a blessing and a gift to each other. You know, I, I, I want to say this about tongues. It's a little bit, uh, not exactly what I was talking about, but just on Thursday, I, I walk over there in the neighborhood because I want just God's fire to just revival in that neighborhood. So I'm walking, uh, doing a prayer walk, and I set my timer. I said I was going to pray in tongues for 20 minutes. And so I, I just started walking, and I'm praying in tongues. At minute 18 and 36 seconds, my, my friend, who's a senior pastor of another denomination, called me with the shakiest voice. And he just crumbled on the phone before me. He, was, he, he had some news that I wouldn't want anyone to have to hear that news. And yet, church, that news was going to happen regardless of whether I had spoken in tongues or not. He's facing what he's facing right now, regardless of what I had done in that moment. But I'll tell you, I'm so thankful that I had spent the last 18 minutes and 36 seconds spending time with God. I was so full of the power of the Holy Spirit, so close to Jesus, that when my friend in his time of need called to his friend of a pen, this guy doesn't even believe in like speaking in tongues. And yet when he called me, the Lord was able to minister to him through me. Why? Because I had spent that time with the Lord and he needed a touch from Jesus. Again, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's to encourage one another, to edify the body. We need each other. Some of you need a touch from the Lord today. And I I just want to say this. I want to do this, and I've talked to Ryan. He said this is okay. The prayer team is going to be up here, and we want to facilitate a time of prayer. For you to be able to come up while Ryan's singing the song and and just be able to receive some prayer. But I'd also say this. I think it would be powerful if some of you were brave enough maybe to ask the person next to you to pray for you. (laughs) In some of my darkest moments, and I've had some dark moments, I'll I'll tell you this way. My story is when I was struggling the most, it wasn't like, well, can you pray for this and this and this? No, it was, will you pray for me? And they're like, well, Dan, what do you want me to pray for? And and you know what I said? I just cried. I don't even know. I don't even know. If I knew, like, I would have figured it out. But I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know. And that loving Papa or or Grandma of the Faith. I have so many spiritual just people who have gone to be with the Lord now. Who, when they saw me in my weakness, they just come to me and say, "Danny, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you." And the Spirit would give them the words to say. Sometimes in the Spirit. Sometimes in English. And it would encourage my heart, encourage my mind. And so I, I think we need to do some of that today. And, and maybe you just are brave enough to go to the person next to you and say, hey, would you just pray for me? And if you have a request, that's great. If you don't have a request, just say, you know, as the Lord leads. That's always appropriate. And then just let the Holy Spirit do what he does through your brother, through your sister. This is church. This is church. This is church where we invite the Holy Spirit 
to encourage us, the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us. But not in spite of us, but through us. Where the Spirit would minister through us for God's glory. Amen, of course. But also for the edification, for the strengthening, the comfort, the building up and strengthening of the body of Christ. So again, if you'd be so brave, in fact, let's just go ahead and stand up and as the Lord is stirring, as we're singing this song, maybe just ask the person next to you uh, if they would pray for you. And then also be sensitive with this. But if the Lord is putting someone on your heart and, and you feel like maybe you should uh, pray for them, maybe you could go to that person just, again, in humility, say, hey, would it be okay if I prayed for you and pray for them? So Holy Spirit, we invite you once again to do what only you can do. You're the one who ministers. You're the one who changes us from the inside out. You're the one who supernaturally helps us, heals us, comforts us, teaches us, guides us. You're the one who takes broken things and makes them whole again. You're the one who takes dead things and brings them to life again. Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, come once again on your people today. Be alive in this place, even now as we sing this song. Holy Spirit of God, help us. We are crying out. We are groaning to you, Lord. Would you save us? Would you rescue us? Would you deliver us? Jesus, you did it on the cross. We know what you've done. We know what you did. But now, in the name of Jesus, would you send once again your spirit to minister to us, to help us in our time of need.